Learning and Development, Episode 10, The Interns. Written by Michelle Whelan, voiced by AI Simulation April. There we were, sitting in a meeting. We have had so many meetings since Chalkboard Learning grew up. This is all I do now, sitting in meetings and listening to potential clients asking for help, or upskilling their teams or their company. As always, these meetings start with the usual small talk. How's your weekend? How is the ride here? Do you have kids? Then, once we introduce ourselves and who we are as a company, we get into business. Getting down to business always starts with the company bag-mouthing the previous learning designer, like they didn't have any idea of what they were doing. I hate it when companies do this. A simple, the work is done, but we need to update the work, could have been better in this place. We just have to sit there smiling. I wonder if the old companies we used to work for did this when they needed to update their content. The next part of the conversation is always about what they want and seek. This part is the exciting part of the meeting. It gets me going as I can imagine what their courses would look like as we talk. I also like this part of the meeting because I can ask all those technical questions, get an idea of what they are after, and see how far we can push their content. Could we add VR or 3D components, video, or voiceovers? But this part of the conversation has been handed over to Trixie. She is the head of the building, so she must understand what will be built. What I would like to change about this is how she talks to the clients. It's very jargony. Most of the time, they have no idea what she is saying. It's like she never spoke to clients before. I corrected her to get a feel for what the clients were after. I saw Ruby sitting there, taking notes in her neatly designed notebook. I looked down at mine. It was a mess. Words were scribbled, lines crossed out, dog ears and ink smears. The drawback of being left-handed. Gary explained the looks and feel of the LMS to the clients. I looked over at Doug, leaning in his chair, with his now new signature seating, leaning his left leg over his right and his notebook leaning in between, taking notes as Gary talked to the clients. Many clients don't understand much about LMS, but Gary was good at explaining this stuff to them in lame terms. I watched the clients nod their heads in agreement. It's not very often we get a client who already has one. Most clients come in with old-school ways of training people. PowerPoint presentations full of dot points. No wonder their teams are failing. Our new client is TodoBuddy, a software company specializing in building, organizing, and project planning. Ken and Diane came in looking for courses on using their software as they use their own product inside their company. Wouldn't most of the staff already know how to use the software? I just had to ask. Yes and no, they know the basic version of the software, and it seems we are redesigning it so we can add more complex strategies to build on the projects. The staff needs to know these new steps to help our clients, Diane told me. Something about the way she smiled at me made me feel uncomfortable, like she knew something I didn't. But what was it? We will need a style guide, Trixie chimed in. I really need to teach Trixie what to say to clients as they would include this in the brief and project planning. The meeting ended. Both Doug and I walked Ken and Diane to the lift. We shook hands and they left. I watched Ruby, Gary, and Trixie still sitting in the boardroom. This was something they did each time we had a client meeting. They would get together and plan an attack on the project, who from their team would be working on it, and when they would have it finished so they can go back and let their teams know who to contact when they need something. 
Doug and I walked in at the tail end of this conversation. Trix, you must add the two new interns on this project. They haven't had much to do since they started. I heard Ruby say, Yes, the two new interns we have. They are fresh faces out of high school. We placed an ad for some interns and ended up hiring these two. Their interviews showed potential, and they both showed a keen interest in the world of instructional design. As we were told, it's the new in career. Both weren't interested in going to college and would instead learn the skills on the job rather than waste their parents' money at school. They both showed us enthusiasm for the world of learning and development. It's a weird career choice. I mean, no one would say, hey, I'm into learning and development, one of them told us. I get to design and learn at the same time, the other said. So Doug and I took a chance and hired them. But since hiring them, we have had to have those HR talks. It seems we have no HR team. Most of the conversations have been about their starting times, the fact that they cannot work from home, and why they dress or talk to other staff members. However, each time we speak to them, they seem to clean up their act and gain our trust in them again. Since we hired them, they haven't had any projects to work on. They have spent most of their time learning, watching, and understanding how the learning and development process works. It's about time we gave them a project to work on. Rubes is right, Trixie. Let the two interns take the lead on this project. Just be there for them and oversee what they are doing. I back up Ruby on this. Trixie rolled her eyes and wrote it down. I returned to my office and Trixie followed me in. Sarah, can we talk? She sat before me and sighed. I'm concerned that those two interns won't deliver good content. I looked over Trixie's shoulder. I watched the interns sitting there, slapping, giggling, and then slapping each other again. Then, one of them started tossing M&Ms into the other's mouth. Seriously? There was something about these two playing with each other at work. I understand this is their first time in the workforce, but it's no different from school. I took a deep breath and returned my attention to Trixie. But they will deliver, I added. There is a difference between delivering and delivering great content, Trixie continued. I have seen some of the work they have already done, and it's worse than the 90s PowerPoint. I mean, it's a half-ass attempt at building something. It's kind of embarrassing knowing I taught them to build and this is the crap they come up with. She started to drift off at the end of the sentence, but she came back to me. I always get, well, it builds and it works. So, what's the problem? She told me. I heard her on this. Sometimes, working with different personalities and age groups is challenging. Some of us are used to getting our heads down and working, while others need to socialize or muck about before work. But these two were something else. I got off my chair and tried getting Trixie to accompany me. We walked over to these two, and they stopped doing what they were doing as I approached them. Good afternoon, I told them, trying to avert my boss-like voice. We met with our new clients today. They sat there, staring up at me, not understanding what was happening. I continued trying to be careful about which words I used. We would like the two of you to be lead designers on this new project with To Do Buddy. They both looked at each other and then nodded in agreement. Please beware that Trixie will be looking over you on this project, so please advise her when you need help. I told them both. I sat in my office, busily away reviewing a few courses, when I heard a loud laughter from the open space. 
it drew my attention towards the interns sitting in the room just giggling away. I jumped on the teams and messaged Trixie. Me. Trixie, can you check what the interns have done? The dot danced on the screen, then stopped. I saw Trixie getting off her desk and talking to the interns. They stopped doing what they were doing, and a conversation took place. I sat there watching them communicate with each other. The body language showed me that things weren't going well. Trixie changed her standing and folded her arms. One of the interns started to wave his arms around as the conversation continued. Still, it looked like he was not happy with Trixie interrupting their fun. Finally, I watched Trixie walk back to her desk. Those dots started to dance again. Trixie, they said they are on it. Me, on what? Trixie, the course for to-do buddy. Me, how? They could be building templates or something? Those dots dance for a while. Thinking that Trixie was writing a long message, but all that came back was, I don't know. I then messaged Ruby. Rubes, has your team finished writing up the courses for to-do buddy? Ruby. Not yet. We are only six courses down. Me. Okay, can you send those six to the interns? Ruby. K. As Doug burst into the room, I said, Did we agree on those courses for to-do buddy? Doug sat down and said, Yep, there were 26 microlearns on the software. I did some maths in my head and could see that it could take about three months to create 26 courses on software learning. So I expect to see 26 courses in three months, I asked him. I watched him twist his face as he did his own math in his head. Something like that. The day ended and everyone went home, leaving Ruby and I sitting on the couch smoking away watching another episode of Crash Course. Who are the interns? I asked Ruby, letting a puff of smoke out. Ryan and Maggie, weren't you there when we interviewed them? Ruby said, trying not to cough. I can't remember, I answered her. I have interviewed so many people. You all blend in together. She lets out a laugh, then says, Why? Feels like a mistake on hiring them. No, I said, letting out another drag. I took a chance on Vera, which worked out great. I'm sure I can win these two over. The rumbles of the bong bubbled as Ruby took another drag and watched the smoke dance in the air. I don't know, man. Those two look a little lost. Lost? I said, confused about her statement. Yeah, lost in life. They look like they were in their prime in high school, not peaked just in their prime. They knew what was happening and had mom and dad looking out for them. Now they are out of high school, and then all of a sudden life is now thrown at them. There is no more simple-minded competition or test exams they have to do to prove they are the best. She lit up and the rumble of the bong went off again. Ruby took another drag from it and blew it into the air, then added, I bet you a can of Coke that they failed to get into Ivy League school and are too afraid to go to community college or too afraid to admit to their parents. So they decided to pretend they don't want to go to college. She hands the bong back to me, then picks up the bag of gummy bears and starts to munch on one. They were so deep into their lies. They started to believe their own bullshit. I sat taking all of this in, imagining these two interns trying to always be the best. Now the real world kicked in and suddenly they couldn't be the kings of the school. Just like accepted, I said, choking on the last drag. What? Ruby asked. It's a movie, I told her. It's about a guy who didn't want to go to college and did everything not to go, but his dad was bent on going. So gets his dad off his back and has a gap year and he fakes a school. 
The problem is that other people started turning up to go to college there. In the end, he actually becomes a real school. She stared at me. Yeah, it's a great movie. Doug and I watch it so much we end up arguing about it. First, we would argue about how great the film was to how we run our own school. I lit up the bong and took another drag. I continued to explain to Ruby as I blew out the smoke. I didn't realize our arguments became a reality. Ruby started to laugh, and so did I. We invited the interns to a meeting as we were wondering how these courses were going. We are on it, Ryan quickly answered my question. I was taken aback by this response. There were other formal details about where they sat with the courses. How many are built? Doug chimed in on this. All of them, Ryan said quickly again. All of them? Once again, still dumbfounded over this. You have all 26 courses built already? I continued to ask them. Yes, Ryan quickly answered. I have been working in the field of learning and development for over 10 years now. I have had many demanding clients in the past and have worked with many difficult coworkers. I know when a coworker is not as efficient as they claim to be. I got a sixth sense of these things and knew that Ryan was hiding something from me. Just like a tiger, I need to wait for my time to pounce on these two to confess to their lies. I picked up my notebook to indicate that this meeting was done, but before I left the room, I turned to Trixie. Hey, do me a solid. Can you check their work and make sure they completed all 26 courses? I asked her to emphasize the word 26, as we don't have material for all 26 courses. Sure thing, boss, she replied, also emphasizing the word boss, making sure those two knew who was in charge. Doug and I walked into my office, and no sooner did he close the door than he said, You know something, don't you? Those interns have no idea what they are doing. They told us straight up that they had finished all 26 courses. We gave them content for six, and it's only been three weeks, I said, as we both sat down. If my calculations are right, which they always are, they should have the base for the first one, or at least a template, I explained to Doug. He sits there with his new signage stand, bouncing his head from side to side, thinking about what happened. I took my eye off him and looked at the interns sitting at their desks. Their gleeful cheers and flirtatious attitude changed to worry and intense conversations between them. Could it be that Trixie is not handling them well? Maybe she doesn't know how to mentor? Doug said as he pulled my attention away from the worrying interns. Doug could be onto something here. Maybe it's not their fault that the interns are not productive in projects, or maybe Trixie is not handling them well. Trixie! I shouted out, watching Doug covering his ears. You know, a simple Teams message would have been easier, Doug said as he got the ringing out of his ears. I sat there watching Trixie, gathering her notebook and walking to our office. She opened the door and sat down next to Doug. She looked over at me, looking worried. Since we had Ryan and Maggie in our company, what have they produced? I asked, going straight to the point. First, Teams message is far less scary, Sarah, and we all have our teams open. I could see you messaging, she said as she leaned back into her chair. Second, she said as she opened her notebook, Ryan and Maggie have been working not only on the to-do buddy courses, but they worked with Darren on the build for Oscar, busily learning about how to build through YouTube videos and helping out on other projects. YouTube? I asked her, why aren't you or the team training them? 
There had been times when Darren and I tried to teach them stuff we already knew, but for some reason, they didn't seem to be interested. Once, Darren told me, he felt like they purposely pretended not to understand how to build a slide bar on Storyline to get out of doing their work. I turned to face Doug. Who's Darren? The one of the other builders we have, Trixie, Darren, and Sam. Doug told me. Sam just plainly said nope to training them, Trixie added. You're telling me that Sam knows something we don't know, I asked Trixie. Look, all I know is that he doesn't want to work with them, she explained. I looked over their shoulders at the interns again. They returned to their giggling, playful selves. Would you hire them now if you know what they are like? I asked Trixie. To be honest, no, I never work with anyone who is this hard to work with. Trixie said, screwing up her nose. What do you mean hard? Doug asked the question I was thinking of. Hard, difficult, standoffish? She describes. I looked over their shoulders once again and watched those interns playing again, not even working. The amount of time I have seen these guys muck around with each other is a waste of my time. I'm not paying them to be playful. I'm paying them to learn and build. Something needed to be done as I felt like we had exhausted all options. Something that Ruby told me the other night rang in me. If they still want to be kings of their high school, then we need to change our strategies and bring ourselves down to their level. I brought my attention back to Trixie and Doug. I smiled at them both, grabbed my laptop, and walked out of my office. I walked straight up to them and sat at the spare desk beside the interns. Ryan and Maggie looked over at me as I set myself up. I noticed them staring at me, looking worried. Oh, don't mind me. I told them, the office is stuffy and I needed to leave. This was the only desk spare. Even though this building had plenty of desk space and office space, I watched these two slowly move back to their computer and turn them on. I couldn't help but notice it was the early afternoon, and they still hadn't turned their computers on. I turn back to my laptop and open up to review some of the courses, which is something I do now than build. I do miss the building. But I glance over to see they have yet to open folders or courses. These two have been four hours deep into work, and they had nothing done. I returned my glance back at my laptop and started on the reviews for Oscar's courses, which were in their final stages before going off to the clients. Their giggles and chatter went quiet and replaced the clicking of the mouse and the tapping of the keyboard. It wasn't long before their giggles aroused, but mostly quiet, trying to hide them from the others around them. I took another quick glance and noticed they were on Teams, sending messages to each other. I didn't know if I should boss up or mother up here. I finished one of the courses and turned to them. Guys, I have finished the course on sales for Oscar. Could one of you guys get into it and fix the errors? It shouldn't take long as it's all rise base, I asked with a smile on my face. Ryan rolled his eyes as I interrupted his day and said, Sure, fine, whatever. I watched him open up the rise file and that was all he opened. He turns to face me. What needs fixing, miss? Okay, my guess is that he and Maggie may not have been shown the protocol around here on how we review everyone's work, but I didn't take this as an insult. I smiled at Ryan and said, Oh, you will need to open the review link, too. All our notes are in there. He rolled his eyes again, slowly moved himself around to his sitting position, and opened up the review. He scrolled down until he hit the bottom of the review folder. It's back up the top. It will say car guard sales. I reminded him. 
He took another huff and then scrolled back to the top. It was sitting there on the second row and the second one in that row. It shouldn't take too long to do, I reminded him. He opened up the review link and moved to his other screen. He now had the rise build on one screen and the review link on the other. I smiled back at him and got up to go to the kitchen. I stood in the kitchen looking at my cup when Ruby joined me. So you moved out to sit with us common folks? This made me giggle a little. Yes and no. I have a funny feeling about the interns. Something doesn't feel right. I haven't seen any work from them since they have been here. And what I have seen of them so far is they'd rather stuff around than help out. Ruby glanced over at them, then returned to me. We had them in our writing department for a few weeks. Well, I had them in Vera. Let's just say Vera was the one doing the work. She sipped her cup and added, I pawned them off to Trixie, hoping that design would intrigue them instead. It seems writing is not their forte. I stood there listening to Ruby while staring at those interns. They show potential in the interview process. Remember, the three of us interview them. Doug decided that these two were good for the company. Ruby continued, You liked Ryan because he had a portfolio to show off. This snapped me out of my stare. Wait, a portfolio? Ryan show off his portfolio? Yes, the work he had on there was amazing. All storyline courses, and he did say he had been doing this for a while. Ruby changed her stand as she remembered this interview. Oh, that's right. There was a phone call from an old client you needed to take, leaving Doug and me to finish Ryan's interview. So you missed out on the portfolio. She giggled and added, You just went with whatever Doug says. I bet if Doug told you to hire Hitler, you would say yes. I gave her a hard stare. No. But my attention turned back to these two interns, realizing Ruby mentioning that Ryan had been doing instructional design for a while. This kid is fresh out of high school. Something about that didn't add up. Isn't he just out of high school? I asked Ruby. Not sure. I know he is 20. He won't stop bragging about it. Then she left, leaving me watching these two morons mucking around again. I walked into my office and saw Doug sitting at my desk. Sarah, what can I do for you? One, that's my desk, and two, the power gets to you so much. Doug waves his arms out to say this is mine. Ryan's portfolio? Where is it? Does he have a website? Doug started typing on his laptop and swung his computer screen around. He handed me the wireless mouse and let me play. I played with his portfolio, seeing all the designs he had created, from storyline to rise links, videos, and graphic designs. After about ten minutes of looking around, I started to laugh. You hire this guy after reviewing his portfolio? I asked Doug. He shrugged and said, Well, yeah. I turn the screen around so the both of us can see. I open up the storyline side of his portfolio. Doug, look, I said as I opened up one of his course examples. I showed Doug why I was laughing. He sat there staring at the screen, not understanding what I was showing him. Don't you get it? I asked him. What am I looking for here, Sarah? Ryan has a great portfolio. Doug explained. I leaned back in the chair and laughed hard. Once I managed to maintain my laughter, I decided to explain to Doug what was happening. You don't see it? Doug shook his head. And this is why you're an architect. Doug turns his nose up, still not getting it. I pointed to the screen. Ryan didn't build any of these courses. These are downloadable templates from eLearning Heroes. What? 
Doug asked as he turned his attention back to the screen. He downloaded a bunch of templates and added them to his portfolio and pretended that it was his work, I explained to Doug. I clicked through one of his course examples and added, he could have changed the colors and font and made it look like courses from other companies. Look, he left the lorem ipsum in the content fields as well. What kind of company approves lorem ipsum? So his portfolio is fake? Doug asked. I giggled again. Yes, Doug, it's fake. This guy bullshitted his way through the interview. You gotta fire him? Doug asked. I look over at the two of them. I stood up and moved towards the glass wall to stare at them. I wanted to answer Doug and tell him, Let's do it. Let's fire these two. We can't have this in our company. But something came over me. A kind of, I feel sorry for them kind of a feel. Working in instructional design is tricky as you have to do everything all at once. Companies or other people in L&D think you should already know how to build content, design videos, or even put everything together when sometimes it's more complex than that. It can be hard to understand what a client wants when you're just starting out. Another thought popped into my head. What if Ryan really wants to do this but needs a head start? What if his faking his portfolio was his way to get attention and want to be a part of this new booming industry? Because he doesn't know how to say, hey, I'm new and I don't know anything. The whole mantra. Fakey it until you make it. Are you going to fire them? Doug repeated himself. No, but I should separate them. Let's see how well Ryan can do the work without his distraction around. I told him. I left my office and marched to the two of them. Maggie, the LMS team is short-staffed. Is it possible you could move over there and help them out with their admin stuff? She looked up at me, confused. Oh, I would still need you to do the builds for to-do buddy as well, I asked her. She still stared at me like those teenagers from high school who looked at me as if to say, how dare you talk to me. I got nervous and started to ramble. I know it's going to be hard, but we do have deadlines to meet. She packed herself up and moved over to the LMS team. It's been a few weeks since moving the two interns around. Gary was happy to have the extra help, and I watched him sitting there with Maggie, showing her how to operate the LMS side of L and D. I continued to sit next to Ryan, doing my own work. I started seeing some progress from them both until our meeting. How's the Toe Do Buddy courses going? I casually asked while looking at my notes. Yeah, good, Ryan answered sharply. I quickly looked up from my notes and tried to think of a response to that. Good? That is all I could ask. Yeah, Ryan said back. I turned to look at Doug, who had the same facial expression as me. So, no issues? I asked. Nope, he responded sharply again. I sat there wondering what was happening here. Most of the time in meetings, we always get an expectation on what is going on. The course is at a particular stage, waiting on clients, have just started building them, or are at the tail ends. But not with Ryan. All I got was, yeah, good. So how many are built? Doug asked. All of them, Ryan said. I paused, still trying to think of a response. I could see Doug doing the same. 26 courses are already built? I asked. Yes, Ryan said sharply. Why do I get this feeling he is hiding something again? Could we see them? Doug asked. Yes, good question, Doug. I knew this could throw them off a bit. Not yet, Ryan said back. 
I sat there waiting for why we weren't allowed to see the work, but instead, Ryan and Maggie sat there eyeing us off. Why? I finally asked them. They aren't ready? Ryan added. Okay, now I'm confused. Didn't they say they were done? Hang on? Did you just say they were done? I asked him. No, Ryan answered. I dropped my pen and huffed. I didn't want this meeting to become an interrogation. I only wanted to know where the buildings were sitting so I could report back to the clients. Can you use more than one word to explain where these courses sitting? They are built and we are reviewing them. I finally got more than one word out of Ryan. Reviewing? Doug asked. Who is reviewing? Us, Ryan said, waving his finger between him and Maggie. I gave up in this meeting. Is it possible we can share these courses with Trixie and Darren? It would be nice to get some fresh eyes on them. Can't, Ryan, the guy with all the answers, said. Okay, why can't others see these courses? I asked, almost giving up on this conversation. We still reviewing, Ryan said. I threw my pen up again and gave up. When will they be ready? Doug asked. Don't know, Ryan said. Doug is not the type of guy who gets angry or gets mad. In the years I have known him, he has always been the cucumber out of the two of us. When shit is about to hit the fan, I'm the one who does panic dances and take it to the extreme, whereas Doug would sit there calm and fixing the issue. Once the issue was fixed, he would add, See Sarah, not a problem, and walk away, being as cool as a cucumber. But this meeting started to rock that with him. He was taking deep breaths and clenching his fists from time to time. His tone of voice changed, and the tension of those meetings started to show in him. Okay, he breathed. You have until the end of the week to show me at least one course. Then, he got up and left, leaving me there with these two. I didn't know what to do. I just sat there smiling at them. I have been sitting next to Ryan for most of the time. I lift my head from the screen and look at Doug sitting at my desk. He was leaning on the chair, concentrating on his screen, moving the mouse back and forth, then typing on the keyboard. He looks good sitting there like he belongs behind the desk in a powerful position. I know Doug was the one who taught me everything I needed to know about instructional design 10 years ago. Still, I never saw myself as equal to him. Over the years, his interest became more in LMS and architectural design. Hence, his interest in design and building started to fade. Writing content, he still has that in him. The fuck? I said out loud, wondering who was tapping me. I pulled my headphones off and saw Ryan staring at me. What are you listening to? He asked. He interrupted me to find out what I was listening to. A podcast, I casually told him. A podcast? Everyone has a podcast these days. It's like you millennials miss daytime talk shows, he said. Wait, how does he know I'm a millennial? Yes, we do miss our daytime TV. We would fake sickies from school so we could see which trailer park ho was sleeping with which brother on Jerry. Or if we were quiet enough and didn't wake mum up when she went back to bed, we would watch which teenager was doing what for attention on Ricky Lake. I answered him. Ryan sat there screwing up his face. Who's Ricky Lake? I rolled my eyes to a hard stare at him. Why are you tapping me? Why do you sit here next to me? He asked. His tone was different from what I was used to. He always talked to me in sharp, pointy words like I was wasting his time. This time, his words were soft and curious. 
We are just concerned and feel like you and Maggie aren't doing the work we set for you. If you want to continue treating the workforce like high school, we need to stoop to your level to get the results we want. I replied to him. He leaned back towards his workstation, confused. I could see his brain was trying to find the right words to make a comeback at me. That's kind of degrading, he finally said. That is true, but you and Maggie haven't shown us any work or progress in the company, so we need to take action to get the results we want, I explained to him. There was no point in lying to him. If he continued to behave like this no matter where he went, he would be confused about why he kept bouncing from company to company. He looked at his screen and added, You know we could sue you for inhumane. I turned my full attention towards him. Okay, you can. But seems you haven't shown work to us in the three months we have had you guys, and we get no answers when we ask for the work. Plus, we do have evidence that you faked your portfolio to get the role. Who do you think will win this discrimination court case? Remember, we document all conversations that happen too. I looked over at his screen and noticed his teams open and talking to Maggie. That's including what you say on teams. This didn't go down well with Ryan. He starts to frown at his screen. He opens a storyline file and swings it around. He hit the preview option and started to show me the work he's been doing. Check it, Sarah. This is what Maggie and I have been working on. He started going through the course quite fast as I watched. He explains each part of it, but I notice a few things. The design was shit. It looked very 90s PowerPoint, very basic, and more of a click and read as he was hitting the next button a lot. I tried to take it all in, but my mind kept bouncing back to the design of it. At least on the plus side, he uses the correct colors. See, we are working, he told me in a huff. I couldn't answer him on that one. Yes, he was working on them. Why didn't you show this to us when we asked? I asked him. It wasn't ready, he said sharply. But you say it was. I told him. It's something you say to get the client off your back he said, still mad at me. I laughed at him. No, it's not. Saying it's done will make the client sit on your back until you hand it over. If it's not finished, all you say is, there's a few bugs in it we're still trying to iron out. He turns his head sharply at me. Throw some jargon around to get them off your back. Clients have no idea what you're doing. None of them understand learning and development, but they do know it's important to keep their company running. I explained to him. I got off my seat and looked down at him. I'm not your client, I'm your boss, and I know all the excuses, I invented them when I was in your spot. I stopped giggling and went back into boss mode. The client wants all these courses loaded up on their LMS at the end of the month. We do need to present to them a week beforehand, as they have been asking for the courses. Are you up for that? He looked up at me with confused puppy eyes. He thought about what I had asked of him, then eventually nodded. As you can see, the learner will receive a score of 80% or more. Ryan ended his presentation with the guys from To Do Buddy. I sat there on my hands, worried they would say something about the design and the function, as this is unlike other courses we usually build. Ryan returned to his seat and the room fell silent. I grabbed Doug's arm under the desk, hoping he would say something. Any questions? Ryan finally said. Diane and Ken talked amongst themselves, and then Ken said, no, not really, but are we ready to launch? I looked over at Ryan, letting him take over the meeting. He looked at me like he was trying to read my mind. We have a few bugs we need to iron out, but we will be ready in time.
he finally said. Great, looking forward to it, Ken added, clapping his hands together. We shook hands and walked Ken and Diane out of the office. Once they left, Doug said, that content looks terrible. I know, but the clients are okay with it, is the main thing, I replied. Is it tested? Doug asked. As far as Ryan said that, it was between him and Maggie, I told him. Doug grabbed my arm and stopped me. Sarah, I'm worried about this. The design looks shit, and this could lose us millions. I don't like this. We should have gotten rid of them ages ago. What do you mean? I asked, trying to understand why. Ruby and Trixie had been complaining about these two for a while, and now Gary is throwing his two cents in, Doug explained. He shifted his stand and continued, Seeing their designs and attitude lately, we should remove them from the company. I don't know if I have been sitting with Ryan for far too long and am starting to get to know him more, or if I saw myself in him when I first started my career in instructional design. Still, for some reason, I stood up for him. Look, yes, the design sucks, but the products work. You saw it. We can launch what we have and then teach them how to design when we do updates. This is just a once-off. We can pull them off projects and use the time to teach them what we know about this business. I turned to face Doug again. Remember what it was like when we first started out? Nervous, not knowing what to do. Now look at us, running a company. Have a little faith. They are just interns. What harm could they do? I returned to my seat beside Ryan. That was nervous, Ryan says to me. Yeah, it always is. I have to do that every day. I told him. It's because you're the boss, Ryan said back. If the work is done, can you scorm them up and send them to Maggie? It's her job now to load them up onto their LMS, I explained to him. How do I do that? Ryan asked me. That question made me feel like there was a bond growing between us, a connection. He was finally asking for my help. He finally showed some interest in the world of instructional design. I smiled at him and swung my chair close to his laptop. I opened one of the storyline files and hit the publish option. I showed each step, explained why we selected their options over others, and explained what the LMS is looking for when we scorm it up like this. He sat there, taking it all in, nodding at each point, taking notes, and asking a few questions. It was nice to be wanted like this, showing some of my skills to the young. I swung my chair back to my computer and watched Ryan do a few scorms for himself. It was like watching a baby taking its first steps. The interest in L&D is finally there in Ryan. Maybe he might be a good asset to the company. I walked into the office and noticed the vibe in the room was a bit off. Everyone was in a hurry and looking worried. When Gary hurried over to me, It's not good, Sarah. What's not good? I asked him. He pointed out Maggie and Ryan in the corner of the office, yelling at each other, arm waving everywhere, fingers getting pointed, mouths wide open as they yelled at each other. What the fuck has happened? I asked Gary. Before Gary could say anything, Doug approached me and said, You're needed on the phone. The fuck, Doug? I haven't had a morning coffee yet. I told him. Gary stood there giggling. I swear you two are married. Fuck off, Gary, Doug told him. I sat at my desk and picked up the phone. Good morning, this is Sarah, I said in a pleasant, calming voice as I watched the chaos in the office. Sarah, it's Ken from To Do Buddy. I could hear some anger in his voice, 
I went to say morning to him, but he stopped me. Sarah, what the hell, man? You said the product is finished and working, but when our learners are in it, it's not working. I was confused. It's not working? As he talked, I turned the phone call onto loudspeaker so Doug could hear and reminded him that Doug was on the call. The main focus of the call was that even though the learners were in the LMS, they couldn't access the course. The buttons they had on the screens went nowhere, doesn't matter how many times you click on the start button. Then Ken went on about how much money they spent on us to build such a dodgy product. The whole time Ken talked, Doug and I leaned on my desk, angrily staring at each other. Once this phone call was finished, fingers would be pointed, and somehow, this would be my fault for trusting people who shouldn't be trusted. Ken, I'm sorry for this mess. We misinterpreted the designers. We will have this all fixed up. I explained to Ken. Doug was still leaning on the desk, burning a hole in my forehead with his eyes. He was pissed. I have seen him angry before, but nothing like this. You better, Ken answers and hangs the phone up. The fuck, Sarah? You said that the interns were starting to come around and we get this. Angry clients. Doug explains while throwing a pen at the wall. I flopped into my chair, took a sip of my coffee, and stared at him while he stomped around the office, throwing every swear word you could imagine and new ones I had never heard of. I opened up the LMS and decided to test it myself. Once I logged in and opened the first course, the start button didn't work. I looked up at Doug, who stood there staring down at me in anger. I turned my attention back to the course and opened the next one. The start button worked, but I couldn't get past the navigation page. Then I opened the next one, found myself on the topic page, and couldn't go any further. I turned my attention back to Doug, who was still angry. What? I asked him. I knew that would start him off again. I looked past him to find Maggie and Ryan sitting at their desk, busily working. You up for a meeting? I asked him. How can you be calm in this situation? He asked. I asked you the same when we worked with SciFly. I told him. I collected my stuff and took the last sip of my coffee. With a huff, I dropped my coffee cup in the bin and said, I did learn from the best how to remain calm in situations. I moved away from the desk and stood beside Doug. I placed my hand on his arm and squeezed. Besides, he taught me to be the best in everything. I smiled up at him. There we were all in this meeting. Me, Doug, Trixie, Ruby, and Gary. All of us sat there staring over at Ryan and Maggie, waiting for an explanation of what happened. The room was so quiet, all you could hear was their hearts beating fast from panic. I needed to say something. What happened? With what? Ryan was back to his defensive, sharp attitude again. With the courses, Doug chimed in. There is nothing wrong with them. Ryan sharply said, They are all broken. I told him, So what went wrong? Why didn't you send them to Trixie or Darren like we asked? We trusted our team, Maggie confessed. Team? What team? This threw me off. I watched the rest of them shift in their seats over the word, Team. The interns never use any of us to help with the builds, so who is this team they are talking about? Team? Doug finally asked them. I watched Ryan wiggle in his seat, trying to find the right words here. Yes, Maggie and me, that's a team. His tone changed, shaky and worried, to his usual sharp, pointy voice. So you guys tested each other's work? 
Ruby jumped in. Yes, Maggie said. I pulled the keyboard close to me and opened up the LMS. I opened the first course and showed them. I clicked on the start button and it didn't move. It only changed color when I hovered it on and off. If this was tested, why can't I move on to the next page? Just click the enter key, Maggie responded. Everyone knows that, she added. Where is that instruction on the front page? I asked her. Everyone doesn't know you need to hit an enter key. Doug followed me up. I slide the keyboard over to Trixie, who opens the storyline file. She opened the slide, and we noticed there was no trigger type in the trigger field. There are no triggers, Trixie explains. What are triggers? Maggie asked, blowing her cover. Ryan dropped his head into his hands, knowing that Maggie was making it worse for him. Triggers are like codes explaining what you want it to do to the slides and objects on the course, Doug explained. Trixie moved on to the next slide, then the next, and the next. There were no triggers on any of them. That course is broken, I explain. Maggie turned to Ryan. We should have told them to add triggers, she whispered. Her whispered a little too loud as Doug and I overheard them. Who's them? Doug asked. No one, Ryan said sharply again. We were getting nowhere fast with these one-word answers. I needed to think of something here to get them to loosen their tongues. You're right, Ryan. You should have told the team to use triggers so the courses would have worked. I mean, Trixie and Darren were so overloaded with work that they could have missed a simple step of triggers. Trixie was about to say something in her defense, but I raised my hand to stop her. Doug leaned on the table. He knew what I was up to. Ryan sat up, trying to understand what was happening here. It wasn't Ryan I was targeting, it was Maggie. Her tongue was becoming loose, and she seemed to be the weaker one out of the two of them. If I place my focus on Ryan, she might spill the beans. After all, you said you trusted the team with your work. I targeted him. Not this team, Maggie casually said. Ryan darted a sharp look over at Maggie to try and shut her up. But it was too late. She let that cat's paws out of the bag, and those claws were ready to scratch. Not a word was exchanged when I darted my attention over to Ryan. He stared back at me, and without missing a single beat, he opened up and said, The work was too hard, so we got a team in the Philippines to build our courses. We paid them a quarter of our paychecks. Are you that fucking dumb? I said back to him. A quarter of your paychecks? No wonder they didn't add in the triggers. Ryan looked over at me, his eyes widened, and the sheer shock covered his body. Fuck me, you are dumb. You can't even pay an outsourced company a good enough amount of money to get a half-decent job. Half your paycheck, or at least a third. A third is bigger than a quarter. That way, you can still make more money. I explained to him. Ryan still sat there, frozen. The whole English language left him. But what surprises me even more on how fucking dumb you are is you didn't even check the work yourself to see if it works. I mean, if you want to be that asshole and pay the outsourcing company a quarter of your paycheck, check the fucking work, and then clean it up, then claim it as your own. Seriously, you can't even fake a job, right? The whole table sat there frozen, staring at me. I looked around at them all. What, I looked into this before? It's not the first time we were up against an outsourcing company before. No, seriously. We have been up against some outsourcing companies before. Doug backed me up. I turned my attention back to Ryan and Maggie. Oh, and yes, you guys are fired. They packed themselves up and walked out of the meeting room. 
Doug turned to the rest of the team to discuss how we would fix this issue as I walked out of the meeting room with these two. I walked them over to the elevator when Ryan turned to me and said, You know I'm not that dumb. Buddy, I started to say, Yes, you are. I began to laugh at him for this. He stepped into the elevator. The door was about to close, and I stopped it with a quick swoop of my hand. And you won't be able to sue us as you dug yourself in a hole. Good luck with the future. And I let the elevator door slide closed. You have been listening to Learning and Development. Tune in next time.